Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. Hello, and welcome to 2022. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be in the new year, and I'm just grateful to be alive. I had a wonderful holiday, and it got me to thinking, it's been a long time since I did a solo episode, so I and there's something that I want to share, and I think it's, it's going to help you, hopefully, to really create what it is you want to create this year for yourself. I believe that we all have a purpose in the world to reach our highest potential. And as a coach, as I coach and train leaders to get to that next level of personal and professional development, no one would disagree that the best way to do that, to get to your highest potential, is to fully and actively use our brain and our mental capacity. So, you know, there's Bob Proctor explained it this way. Few people can name and properly explain what their mental faculties are. So I'm going to take some time today to explain them to you. There are six of them and they are imagination, intuition, reason, perception, memory, and will. Not to be confused with willpower or willingness, but will. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's not surprising that so few people understand how to use their brains properly. In school, we learn about how to use our five senses, and then we learn to memorize facts and have social interactions. But that's really about it. Unless you study the brain in college, you might never learn exactly how it works. So I learned about some of this when I went to college to understand how people learn. But I also realized in my recovery that my mind is one of the most powerful resources and hindrances that we have. You've heard that adage, are you your own best friend or worst enemy? It all happens in between your earlobes, right? In your brain. But I discovered that exploring and strengthening these faculties within myself greatly improves my chances of creating and enjoying the life I want. So I want to share with you too, no matter what stage of recovery you're in, it will help you perhaps at least to change your perception about how powerful your brain and you are. So there are six levels of higher thinking. And we're going to start with imagination. Your imagination is incredibly powerful. It allows you to create something out of nothing. It's what you use to take an idea, something that is non-physical, and turn it into something physical. Like you can use it for good or bad. And what I mean is that too often we spend time worrying or imagining that bad things will happen or being anxious about things that haven't happened yet. You can create a better way using your imagination for good, like daydream or visualize happier times or things that you really want in your life. Think about how would you like your life to be? Get into the feeling of that and live that experience in your mind and your body. 
like feel those exciting feelings and then affirm that that well, that this is a possibility for you or something better right so always leave the details up to your higher power what unfolds may not be exactly how you imagined it but it will most likely feel the same way so practice what you want to feel in your life and practice feeling really good as often as you possibly can i say that all the time now intuition is next up intuition is part of your internal self it's that small quiet voice within you that is i believe attached to the divine now i call this my inner guidance system it's you know it's connected to that source of divinity or source of all that is and you can call it what you will god universe higher power christ allah you decide it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you call it holy spirit any any of those right but your intuition speaks to you by letting you know what is good for you and what is not so good but since it is a small quiet voice we need to turn down the mind chatter and listen to that wisdom that wants to guide us. When we do this, life will get a lot better. The way I do this is to spend some time meditating every day. Now I practice with breathing techniques, watching my thoughts come and go, and allowing every muscle in my body to relax. This is the centering technique. After a period of relaxing my body, and focusing on my breathing, then I get into my heart space. I may use my imagination to place myself on a beach and watch the waves come in and out. I listen to the waves and then I'll think about all the things I'm grateful for. I feel the gratitude. I imagine the faces of those I love and I send them blessings and see myself hugging them. And I also send love and healing energy to people who are sick or struggling with life issues. We all have our own way to pray or to send good thoughts out to people. And this is what I do during my meditation. And then I ask for guidance on certain challenges if I have them and I listen. And sometimes I'll get a thought that might be an answer. So I'll just listen for a little bit and then. I'll set my intentions for the day or for the week. And I'll think about what do I need to do and what outcomes would I like to experience today? Now, during my waking hours, I'll also try to be aware of signs and hints that help me to see if my intuition is speaking to me. So I look for confirmation from my in intuition from things that are outside of myself as well to, to see if I'm on the right track. And I listen to my feelings about decisions. And this helps me to follow my inner guidance. Intuitive messages are subtle and they can fade from your conscious mind very quickly. So I say, write them down or record them immediately, even if you can't act on them right away. The next mind technique is the use of memory and the use of senses. Some people think that they have a bad memory and constantly reinforce that belief in their mind, but others practice using their memory in both good and, and negative ways, right? But the key is that the more you involve your senses, when you learn, especially the easier it is to remember it. Our most vivid memories are the ones where we are highly engaged with all of our senses. 
Um, and some of these are also negative memories, right? Uh, we judge them as negative, but nothing's really negative. Everything is just happening for your highest good. So think you can heal memories by making the traumatic ones smaller in your mind by remembering them and then do something strange like take out the sound in your memory. Just imagine the scene, say, and then see it very far away from you and very small in your mind. And that can make the trauma not be near as traumatic every time you rethink about that memory. You can also enhance the good memories by thinking about them more and making them more vivid in your mind. And this is a great way to reinforce those good feelings in your life. Whenever I get the prompt to think of something or someone I love and like, which gets me into that heart space, I think about one of my grandchildren and I see her little face smiling up at me with so much love. And I get that feeling of big love within my body. Our brains, they don't know what's reality and what's not. So these, you know, we use memories to help us get into those feelings again and those vibrations of big love or gratitude. Um, but these are the memories to focus on instead of reliving the nightmares, our nightmares over and over again. Revisiting those negative memories are not helping us. And they do tend to stir up those bad feelings and thoughts over again. And they can, well, we can re-traumatize ourselves in this way. So it is important to use memories in a way that will help us. We can learn from bad experiences, especially when we think about certain memories that might have something to teach us. But once we get that lesson, move on. It's good to just let it go and not allow your mind to dwell there. The hardest time to do that, I suppose, is in the middle of the night when you wake up and you're too tired to kind of try to control your mind and you, you know, something, you can't get something out of your mind. I know it's happened to me so many times, but don't beat yourself up over this and make sure that you have another memory tucked away that you can refocus on and just put yourself at the beach. Or I would, I would put myself there or on the motorcycle with Paul riding through the countryside, something that I really enjoyed doing and then I can easily fall back to sleep. The next mind talent is using your reason or your logic. Our faculty of reason is what we use to think, to analyze, compare, and evaluate ideas. It's the primary way we make choices, and we use it often every day. It can also do one other really important thing. It can take all the information it has and stir it up and come up with brand new ideas like, hello, this is huge. It takes in all of the data, our brain, our marvelous, miraculous brain, and it, it takes in our experiences we've had and it accesses our beliefs and helps us to reason things out and analyze our last move or our next move or what's the right choice. It helps us figure out also why we may have done something that we are now judging ourselves for. But, it, you know, our analytical, we use it all the time for that. And you need to be aware that fear could be mixed in with our reasonable brain too. Um, fear can stop us from moving forward. And we need to take some time to differentiate what is logic and what is fear. 
we can often rationalize doing something and it's you it could be just out of fear or intimidation uh for example your logical fearful brain might tell you that no, you're going to get hurt if you do that if you go out with that person or let's use the analogy of learning to ride a bike right your logical brain wants to keep you safe and thinks the risk is not worth it but your imagination can see you riding the bike and what fun it will be and it says well the risks are worth it because I might fall once or twice, but then it will be really awesome once I get going, and then it will be a great adventure. So if your fear is the louder voice, it will stop you. Our logical brain always wants to keep us safe, but life would be very boring if we always played it safe and not ever get out of our comfort zone. Plus, let's remember that idea generator. It works best when it's clean and detoxed too. <laughs> Meditation is also a great tool for your brain to relax. So is sleep, except you and I both know that the brain never really sleeps because we dream. Oh, dreams are so fascinating to me. I actually went to a dream therapy group for two years and learned so much about my unconscious mind, but that is a story for another day. <laughs> the next mind power that we're going to talk about is perception. And everyone's got a different one, right? Now, our perceptions are both a conscious and a subconscious mind function. So we use both, perception uses both conscious and subconscious parts of our brain. And what gets through is determined by what agrees with our beliefs and what our mind believes is important to us. So as you know, we come into contact with millions of bits of information in a day, not just news, but the temperature of the room, the softness of the chair, aches and pains in our body, the noises and smells and sights that we see, everything that comes into our, our viewpoint, right? And we are constantly sifting through trillions of data points and our consciousness decides what to let in and what to not pay attention to. Our subconscious takes in even more that we are unaware of and continues to run all the systems in our body while we live our daily lives. It's kind of amazing, really. Have you ever watched a Jason Bourne movie and the camera flashes on like every person individually in the restaurant for a millisecond while he walks nonchalantly through the room? <laughs> and then moments later in the fight, he is already prepared for whatever is being thrown at him because he noticed everything. Oh, it makes me just realize that I'd probably be a pretty bad spy because I don't notice any of those things. But what I focus on is the person across from me and how I feel about what they're saying. Now, we all tend to screen out the things that we want and the things that aren't important to us, right? Screen out the, we screen in the things we want and screen out the things that are not important. So when somebody else says, well, I don't remember a conversation that we both had, or they didn't notice something that you did, don't take it personally. They just have other priorities of perception than you do. And that's not really a choice. It's really based on your beliefs and your values. And when someone does bring something to your attention, this is good to listen up because it's a sign, maybe something you need to look at. 
listening to other perceptions and perspectives will help you grow, right? So that's why I think it is good to listen to other people all the time. Otherwise, you're only be in your mind with yourself and you'll only have your own perceptions. And that is not always the right way or it's not the best way to live your life. The last mind function I want to talk about today is the will. Will is what we use to focus our attention. Okay, so get that. Will is what we use to focus our attention. Many people have trouble staying focused and they bounce around from one thing to another and never really finish finish anything. The will used properly is really what we think of as like sustained concentration. What a person concentrates on, they think about. And what they think about, they become. So what you focus on really does expand in your life. And this is why we've got to learn to use our brains better. But back to will. So this will is a tough one for people with addictions and alcoholism, because in the beginning, we often try so hard using what we think is willpower to overcome this disease. And it's a difficult mind game because there really are other forces at play. And it is not the proper use of the will. And willpower is not always enough if you don't use the other higher thinking attributes. However, we can use willingness as a tool to overcome many of our character defects that we may have. We pray for the willingness to let go and let our higher power take over. Willpower is an action muscle, just like memory. The more you use it, the easier the action will be. Same with will. If you use it more, you will get more. It will be easier for you to focus. For example, if I want to create a stronger body, I first need to have the will to have that stronger body. Then I use my willpower to begin to exercise a program of action. At first, it's really hard because I'm not in the habit of exercising my body and it hurts after I work out. But if I have the proper focus of my will to be stronger, then I will continue to use my willpower to work out. After a while, I've created a discipline of exercising, and now it has become a habit. So I don't need much willpower to do it because it's really just a part of my lifestyle. But I need to keep doing it if I want to stay strong. And for that, I have to have willingness, right? So this is how we use the will to focus. Gosh, I must have quit smoking about 20 times before I was able to finally quit smoking. It was extremely difficult for me to do, but I kept at it because I wanted to be a non-smoker. And now it has been, believe it or not, 35 years ago on January 21st, I had my last drag of a cigarette. And after a year of non-smoking, I made what I call a contract with myself that I would never again take a drag of a cigarette, which would ensure that I would never smoke again. For me, like, well, let's say that for drinking, we say one day at a time, we will not drink today. But for smoking, it had to be a binding contract with me because all those many times I tried to quit before, I had allowed myself to just have a drag or two. 
And then it became a cigarette or two. And then it became just one a day. And before you know it, I was back to smoking a pack a day again. And it could be that way with the drink too. If I ever just quote, allow myself to have a drink today, who knows what is going to happen. But I know that I'll never start drinking again unless I take that first drink. And I'll never start smoking again unless I take that first drag. So the contract, but the same was, you know, I needed to use this will for meditating too. It took me many years to get into the habit of doing it because I judged myself for not having a quiet mind. That's like saying, I'm not going to work out because I'm not strong. It's backwards thinking, but the mind is a tricky thing, right? And we can delude ourselves into just being comfortable. We can rationalize why we don't have to do something that we know is good for us. We can ignore the cravings of our soul because our mind wants to keep us in our comfort zone. So we must learn to use all of the levels of higher thinking in the mind so that we can make the most out of this one precious life that we have. So as Bob Proctor says, to achieve your goals and dreams and create the life you want, you must stop focusing on external facts like the things that you hear, see, taste, touch, and smell, even if you consider them to be good. That is thinking from the outside in. And at best, it limits you to what you've achieved in the past. At worst, it sabotages any chance you have at achieving your dreams. Instead, you've got to start thinking from the inside out. Thinking from the inside out is using your mental faculties. Start with imagining what you want and then using your will to keep your attention there. It's listening to and acting on your intuition, the small inner voice, and seeing the good in everything and staying positive, not listening to that negative voice, not listening to your fears. And it's creating future memories using visualization and continually seeing and feeling like the person you want to be. And then you step into that identity and you are upgrading and getting towards your full potential. And each time you do those things, you plant your desire in the garden of your subconscious mind. And with increasing repetitions, the image becomes fixed there. And then by law, by, by universal law, it's only a matter of time before it moves into form from your subconscious mind into form. You know, we are co-creators in this amazing world. And now that we're in recovery, the sky is the limit on what we can create. If you want help in meeting your goals with a coach this year, please feel free to get on my calendar so we can talk about it and see if we might want to work together. You can do that online by going to maureenrg.youcanbook.me and pick a time that works for you. I would love to talk to you and see what your dreams are. Happy New Year to each and every one of you and have a fabulous day. See you next week. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. 
You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters.